0: Nick Saban had a press conference yesterday, so let's talk about it and try and figure out what exactly he meant.
1: You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hey, everybody. and Welcome back into the Lacton Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, as him. Jimmy, Nick Saban had a press conference yesterday at the Malmore Complex, uh, said a bunch of stuff. Was there anything that stood out to you?
1: Yeah, the quarterback talked to me. Uh, you know, obviously Nick has to make some sort of comment about the quarterback situation every time he talks to the Alabama media. when he talks to Alabama media, he's talking to the fans. He's talking to the team. Um uh, what, what he said was in, in terms of what he tells the quarterbacks and what he wanted to emphasize is he wants the quarterbacks to stop worrying about what the coaches are thinking or what the plan is and instead focus on, hey, you know, if you, if you, you can force us to play you. I mean, you know, you can you can uh, uh, perform to a level in practice that makes makes us remove any doubt as to who the starter is or what the situation is. You know, it's up to you. It's not up. I mean, I, I think all the time. You know, I'm sure those kids, those poor kids, are asked. Ty, Jalen, Dylan, you know, Tyler, Buckner, all of them, they're asked. Uh, you know, who's going to start? Who's ahead? And they have to answer in a way that says, "Well, coach hasn't told us. Coach hasn't said. Coach Reese hasn't said. Coach Saban hasn't said. We don't know." I think what Coach Saban would like would like them to say, what would like them to realize is, it's not up to Coach Saban. It's not up to Tommy Reese. It's up to them. I mean, they can perform in a way to make it really easy. Now, I think one way to interpret that is that no one has uh taken the bull by the horns and, and just run off with the job. And, and I'm I'm sure that's true based on what we hear about reps and scrimmages, what we hear about reps in practice. Uh I, I don't think one one guy is now dominating all the reps. I think that that it's still a shared thing. There's still a competition uh with just one week to go until fall camp ends. There's still a competition. Now, I believe that Jalen Milro is ahead. Uh, but uh, I was just asked in, in a text, chain uh, an interesting question about, you know, do you play the starter against Middle Tennessee the whole game? Because you, you've got to get some guy experience for Texas the next week. I think that's a great question. My answer was, well, it depends. Did the starting quarterback from Middle Tennessee win the job by an inch or did he win it by a mile? Because if you win it by a mile, I think you make a commitment that hey this is my guy and he's gonna play until it's clear he shouldn't be playing anymore uh but if the starting quarterback wins the job by geez a tough decision a coin flip just by a hair then there's a shorter lease right then it's a well maybe we ought to take a look at both of these guys in the game so it's not only a matter of who wins the starting job to me it's by how much did you win the starting job did you make it close and saban was uh, you know, kind of encouraging those guys to, hey, make this an easier choice. Make it obvious who the starter should be. Uh, and, and that apparently hasn't happened yet, or I don't think Nick Saban would use those words. And and I'm sure in the next segment, we'll talk about Dylan Lonergan a little bit, because I think Dylan's making this even more interesting.
0: Uh, he definitely is. And that is something we should probably talk about. I would, shoot, we can go ahead and talk about it. Um, it feels like, Uh, Dylan Lonergan is sort of the talk of practice now. I mean, Jalen Milrow, I think it's Jalen Milrow's job to lose at the moment. But Saban's quotes uh, were very interesting in what you said. He said, he actually said, if you're looking over your shoulder to see if a coach is going to do this or that, how about you force me to play you, force us to play you. And I think that's when it'll click for somebody instead of saying, Oh God, Jalen just threw a good pass. I need to throw a good pass. Or, Oh God, Dylan just threw a good pass. I got to throw a good pass. Or, you know, I threw an interception. Here's hoping that Ty Simpson throws an interception instead of people feeling that way. I think they've just got to worry about themselves. And that's always been Saban's mantra about the whole team is uh, to, to, Hey, take care of the little stuff for you. And then the, the, the stuff for the team will take care of itself cuz we he knows we generally have enough talent to win it all. And so I think that's what he's hoping is somebody realizes, hey, instead of comparing yourself to the other quarterbacks, just worry about you, you getting better
1: and everything take care of itself. And and play great. Don't just don't just do the job, play great. Let's say for instance, I mean baseball analogies are so much easier it's the sport to understand to be honest. <laughs> Let's say that you're second baseman, you're not quarterback, you're in a battle uh, to be the starting second baseman. And there's an older kid uh, that's right ahead of you. And you're the second team, second baseman, but you believe you're the better player. You want to start. And there's a scrimmage, first team versus second team. And then when it's over, you go to the coach and you're like, coach assistant, cool, the guy on the first team, he went one for four with a single. I went two for four with two singles. Why, why am I not first team? I mean, I went two for four, he went one for four. Well, I think what Coach Saban is saying: don't come to me because you hit two singles and the other guy hit one. Come to me because you went four for four and hit three doubles and two of them hit off the wall. I don't have a choice. Then you, you've taken it out of my hand. Now I'm playing you for sure. Don't come in here and argue a little minutia and say, "Well, I know he made a good defensive play, but I had two singles." I mean, don't don't make that argument. Remove it from an argument. Hit balls over the fence. You know, do do so well. That there's not a discussion, and then there wouldn't be a discussion. So that, that's that's the way I'm interpreting Coach Saban's, um, you know, talk, and and maybe it had something to do with Dylan Lonergan. Because here's the deal with Dylan, okay? He's a true freshman. That changes everything. It changes some things in order of seniority and having to earn your way up the ladder. That's true. But a bigger thing is football's complicated, like we just talked about. There's a playbook. And I've seen it. And by the way, if you watch videos, you can sometimes see the Alabama playbook. I'm sure it's on their, their laptops, too, but there's also a hard copy thing. It's the size of, of a Birmingham phone book, if you all know what phone books are. <laughs> it's, it's, it's thick, okay? There's no way Dylan Lonergan is completely comfortable with the entire playbook. There's no way any true freshman are. If you don't believe me, there's a 130 teams right now. Do, spend 30 minutes on the internet doing true freshman wins quarterback job in fall camp. Try to find one. Okay. There'll be one. There'll be two. There might even be five. Okay. Five out of 130. The point is, it's very difficult for a true freshman to know enough of the offense by this point. And if you're like, oh, okay, well, if he's the best quarterback, just scale it down. Make it simple. You know who would really love that? Opposing defensive coordinators, the DC at Texas. The DC at Ole Miss, Pete Golding. You know, we play them fourth. I think uh, make it real simple for them to figure out our entire offense. You know, because because uh, again, we're going to play in Middle Tennessee before we play Texas, and and I'm just saying, scaling it down, simplifying it. Yeah, it makes sense for Dylan. Makes sense for Alabama. It's a gift to the other team's defensive coordinator. So I think playing Dylan is fun. And it's an interesting thought. And maybe Dylan's earning more and more reps, which would be interesting because I do think by roughly mid-season, let's say mid-October, Dylan may know enough at that point to go forward with a true freshman quarterback. Uh, But I think it's going to take another two weeks of camp and then five to six weeks of game prep for Dylan to really know the offense to the point that we wouldn't have to simplify it to the point that we've just made life real difficult on ourselves. I predicted a mute. I predicted a mute before we cut back to you. I can tell by the look on your face. I'm like, he's muted. The odds of him. <sighs> I predicted this. I should have said. You know, and if I, I do that, by the way, you'd never mute. If I'm like in the in mid in mid rant, and I'm like, hey, when I when I'm stopping talking, Luke comes back, he's going to be on mute.
0: Well, that and I do that because while you were talking, there's a buddy of mine that came into the Robinson Iron parking lot and was like, "Hey, I need you to run out here real quick if you can help me." I was like, "Look, I just started a podcast. I can't leave. I mean, because Jimmy and I don't know how to pause and restart this thing. We've got to do it." And I'm like, "I'm sorry if you have a flat tire or something. If you can wait thirty minutes, I'll help you." And he was like, "No, it's no big deal. I'll I'll head somewhere else." I said, "Okay." And um, so I was doing that and I wanted to mute it so that people didn't hear me typing in the background because um, right. I was trying to listen to you and address my friend. And but what I was going to say, Jimmy, was there is a beauty to being a true freshman with this because you're too inexperienced to know you should be worried about some things. You know, <laughs> you, you don't know what you don't know. And so that's like there's a beauty to that. I mean, see, Jalen milrose has been here. Several years now. So he knows what the coaches are looking for, and so he's probably pressing a little bit. Ty Simpson's been here a couple of years. He knows what the coaches want. He's probably pressing a little bit. They've all read their own press clippings. Ty
1: and Jalen you know, and – Tyler, Ty, and Jalen are all under a lot of pressure here. Dylan is not. Dylan is not under any pressure. Exactly. Right? The, other, the others are, and, 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 and maybe that could be one of the differences that they're seeing on the practice field. But, uh, you know, in terms of inside baseball, I'll be honest, I had a you know, source close to the program. One week into spring practice, Tommy Lonergan had been really impressed. I mean, one yeah. week into spring practice. So, so this, this isn't, I don't think what you're hearing, the rumors that you hear and the stuff that you're hearing on talk radio or on, uh, on the Internet, on the message boards, the bol. Uh, I don't think what you're hearing is an exaggeration. I, I think there, there is real excitement about Dylan that extends to the coaching staff.
0: Let me tell you about NutraFoil. You don't have to choose between better hair growth and your health. NutraFoil provides a whole body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair. No drugs, no compromises, just better hair. Men think losing hair is inevitable. It's not. Take control of your hair's future with Nutrifoil science-backed hair growth supplement for men. Did you know that 80% of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime? It's normal, but it doesn't have to be your destiny. You can get ahead of this thinning issue with Nutrafoil. Men, if you're tired of weakening, weakening or thinning hair, do you want to reach your full hair potential? Of course you do leading hair growth supplement, Nutrifoil helps you improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrifoil is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping. When you go to Nutrafoil.com, slash men and enter promo code locked on college. Go to Nutrafoil.com slash men and enter promo code locked on college. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrifoil for healthier hair. Nutrifoil.com slash men spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com slash men and enter promo code locked on college. All be one word. That's Nutrafoil.com slash men promo code locked on college. Jimmy, on our next podcast, we'll be getting you ready even more for the scrimmage that's coming up this weekend that we're so excited about. I mean, we really are. I'm very excited about it. I think it's going to be great. Um, But for now, let's continue with a few more things of what Nick Saban said because he had a lot of um, interesting things to say. He was asked about Amari Nye Black. And this is what Saban said. He said he's doing great. He's gotten bigger and he's gotten stronger. He understands the offense a lot better. He is a mismatch player to some degree in the passing game, and he's done a really good job. He was very productive in the first scrimmage, and he is blocking better. And I think that he can be an impact player for us if he continues to grow and progress. We're excited about his future. Now, a lot of that is coach speak. But, boy, if there's ever music – if you ever want to, like, turn an Alabama fan on – then you talk to him about a tight end that has a lot of potential. I <laughs> mean, that is that is pillow talk for Alabama fans. So uh, and, yeah. Amari Nablack apparently drawing some praise from the head man himself.
1: And this goes back to the spring too. Uh, I just talked about how Dylan was impressing the coaches in the spring, going all the way back to scrimmage number one in spring, scrimmage number two, all, all through the summer and fall camp. Amari Nablack has been a, a a major target. He may be targeted as much in those scrimmage situations as any receiver on the team, uh, particularly down in the red zone. And we've talked all summer about how Tommy Reese is coming here, who's had a lot of experience in a tight end friendly offense. I mean, Tommy Reese is just leaving an offense where the tight end was the number one featured receiver in Michael Mayer, who's a great, great player. And what we said all spring and summer is, well, was that about Tommy Reese liking to throw it to the tight end? Or, or was that just about Michael Mayer was so good you had to use him, right? Well, now we've got kind of the best of both worlds with Amari and I block. I, I think Amari progressing, becoming a tight end that's not a liability as a blocker, because that's going to be big. You know we you know we want to run the football. So if Amari doesn't block or can't block, then he wouldn't play. I think the real advancement here isn't all of a sudden Amari learning how to run routes and catch the ball. I think the, the advancement here, Luke, is that Amari got bigger and stronger. He's a good blocker now. So now we've got no reason not to play him. Last year, we might not have had a spot on the field for him very often because he's going to get beat as a blocker, whether it was in pass protection or in the run game. And you can't just put him in on passing downs. He'd be a tell to the defense. Like, oh, not black sand they're going to throw it because they're certainly not going to run it because that, that kid can't block. But now he can. And, uh, and and his weight gains, I think, are, are – it's clear from the photos that Alabama shares uh, with, the, with the fans from practice, the photos and the video. It's completely clear Amari Niblack has gained 10 to 12 pounds of muscle. He looks a million bucks – looks like a million bucks. I love this, Luke. I think it's one of the great developments of the fall camp so far is that Amari Niblack's not only going to be regularly playing with the ones, he's starting to look like he'll be a featured player. And a tight end that is a mismatch problem for the defense gets, we had such problems getting open last year. You know, at times people always, you know, we had no separation. Receivers weren't open. Okay. Try covering Amari Nyblack with a linebacker and see how open he gets. Uh, And and again, doesn't that help the quarterback? When you don't have to fit in in a tight window, a big target is wide open. So this is a real exciting development. And, And I think in the middle Tennessee game, Luke, I would go ahead and put the over/under on receptions for Nye in the Middle Tennessee game at six, Ooh, which is a whopping number. That is a big number for a tight
0: end. I. When's the last time an Alabama tight end had six receptions, though?
1: O.J. Howard probably. But I mean, now, now Latu caught a lot of balls. There's probably a game or two that Latu had that many catches. Latu had a couple of hundred-yard games. He had. We had a couple players on last year's team that were just overly criticized by the fans and that's one of them
0: well <laughs> but I'm just saying Lattie OJ had, I don't you
1: know, like to 100 yard game in the national championship game against, against Georgia I think
0: okay uh Jimmy let's take a break when we come back we're going to talk uh what we're looking forward to when it comes to the scrimmage on Saturday and we're back okay so let's talk a little bit about this scrimmage I'm eliminating the quarterback question. We're all looking forward to what the quarterbacks do Saturday. Okay. So I'm eliminating that from your possibility of answers here. For me, what I'm looking forward to the most is please seven pound, 10 ounce, baby Jesus, some wide receiver step up. Of course I want a quarterback step up. I've already said I'm eliminating that. I'm pushing it to the left. So, I want a wide receiver to step up. I'm not worried about the running back room. I, even though it it is relatively inexperienced, it's got all the potential in the world. I want to see a receiver do something that makes me think that's the guy I can throw it to in the clutch. You know, we've had some receiver Devontae Smith, the moment he stepped foot on campus, you know, every time Henry Ruggs t- touched the ball as a freshman, he scored. Devonte Smith had two game winners. People forget about the Mississippi State game winner he had as a true freshman. And Jerry Judy was just—he's just been the best wide receiver wherever he's been all the time. So um, we need somebody that we can count on. I, I don't care if it's a tight end. I'm going to throw in tight ends because it could be not black. I want to throw in all those people. But I got to see a receiver make a play that—that that makes me go, "Oh, okay."
1: If we get in a pinch, throw it up to blank. Yeah, that would be great. And the, the guys that need to step up, and I'm not saying they aren't, and, and for all we know, they're playing well. Let's hope so, but I, I have some question about it because Saban keeps bringing it up. But I, I think the the pressure here, or the guys that need to step up, are the two veterans, uh, Ja'Cory Brooks and Jermaine Burke. They're the older kids. They've played a lot. They've both been, I, I would say to some extent, dependable, particularly Brooks, uh, but they need to be more dependable In terms of eliminating the drops or certainly reducing them and sort of being two guys that, hey, when it's third and seven and we have to extend the drive, we went three and out too much last couple of years. With Bryce Young at quarterback, we're still going three and out too much. Some of that's drops, some of it is we get behind the sticks because there's a bad play. Brooks and Burton have to step up now because it's only fair that we give players like Isaiah Bond and Malik Benson a little bit more time to develop. I mean, Bonds going into year two, Benson's never played in the SEC. Let's give them some time. The ones that can grant them that time are Brooks and Burton. They're the ones that have to step up. And this is what I'm hoping, let's let's call it 50% prediction, Luke, and 50%, I'm just what they call hope casting or wish casting. Uh, So I'm sort of hoping this ends up being true. So it's kind of more of a hope than a prediction. But uh, I'm gonna say now that I think September, is probably going to be pretty heavy with brooks and burton and then november will be heavy with bond and benson because they'll be ready at that point and they're more explosive athletes than burton and brooks who are fine i think they're probably both pro football players uh particularly brooks uh but i think bond and benson have early round ability and uh, and we'll, we'll be able to see more of that in November as they get increasingly comfortable. So that's half prediction, half hope. Brooks and Burton in September, Bond and Benson in November.
0: Well, I thought you were going to continue on with your own
1: stuff. And, and as Forrest Gump often says, and that's all I've got to say about that. <laughs> all right. Well... <laughs> All right. What are you looking forward to, though? I mean, you didn't tell oh, me that. And oh, well, the receivers. Uh, other than the receivers, what I'm looking forward to is how about this? How about the first? Usually, the first team defense plays against the second team offense. As we know, how hard enough time trying to try and find a first quarterback. I would imagine whoever's quarterback in the second group behind that second offensive line is having a tough go of it. How about I want to hear that the first defense pitched a shutout? That a Second offense never really moved the ball. They never really made first downs. And I know that would frustrate some fans because some fans they care about nothing but offense. But I want to see the first team defense make life miserable for the second team offense, and that the second team offense just has no chance against those guys. That Uh, would be fun. Then that's good. I know fans are all about the offense. I've been to scrimmages at Alabama my whole life, A Day's my whole life. What happens at A Day when there's a 65 yard touchdown? Are there cheers or are there boos? It's uniform cheers, and we just gave up a 65-yard touchdown. That's why fans care about offense, but you can't win without the defense playing really well. So what I would like to see, the ideal scrimmage result, Luke, is that the first-team offense marches down the field and scores every time they get the ball, and that the first-team defense barely gives up anything at all. That's ideal. Meanwhile (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> while you were talking about all that an update on my
0: buddy who came to my parking lot, I had no idea what really? he wanted. Um, he said, Hey, I need you to come out here for two seconds. I was like, I'm in the middle of a podcast. I can't come out. Okay. He said, oh, I, I said, what do you need? He said, well, it's embarrassing. And he said, I'll go to our other buddies. And I was like, Oh no. You know, he's like me, he's over 50. Did he, did he have an accident? <laughs> <laughs> what could you do that? I was like, what am I gonna do about it? I mean, that was the first thought. That's where my head went the first. And then he said,
1: It's embarrassing. Luke, and I, Luke said, I need you in the parking lot. Bring toilet paper. And, and you're said, like, You better a be a pair off, of pants. Pants. You better be taking this to Tumor's Corner. And a new pair
0: of pants. And he <laughs> said, I said, what is it? He said, and he didn't respond for a while. I was like, Oh, now I know he had an accident. And he actually said, My gas, then he finally texted back, my gas tank cover is stuck. I need for someone to come out with a screwdriver and pop it while I push the button. And I was like, okay. I was like, thank God. (laughs) And so he said, I'm on my way back over. I said, I'm about to be done with the podcast. You can come over. I'll help you. (laughs) So anyway, yes. And yes, those are the kind of friends I have that would say, Hey, I need your help. I'm in your parking lot. Like surprisingly. Oh, okay. What's up? I have soiled myself.
1: (laughs) 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 What am I going to do? Now what I would—that—that's never happened to me. Trouble getting my gas cap off. That's never happened to me. But the way it works for me is, it will eventually happen to me. I'll be at the busiest Circle K in town, and Cindy Crawford will be pumping gas into her Ferrari next to me, and I'll be like, I can't get my gas cap off. <laughs> Can you help? Also, <laughs> I have soiled myself. <laughs> <I'm>, all right, <laughs> because I'm pumping gas next to Cindy Crawford, I have soiled. Myself. Exactly. All
0: right. Until next time, everybody. Roll Tide.
1: Roll time.